I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Super Tuesday is less than a week away. Utah, of course, participating for the first time in history. It will be essentially the first time where we get a snapshot of the nationwide attitude towards who uh, they would like to send uh, each party to compete for the presidency in the general election. Democrats are sorting out what they would like to see. There was a debate uh, just the other night. There'll be another one on the 15th of March. And I think that'll be it. Uh, Big South Carolina this weekend, Super Tuesday uh, on Tuesday. We're going to learn a lot about there. We're going to see a lot of reshuffling of the deck chairs once those results come out. We're going to see, I predict, very shortly, uh, not long after the Super Tuesday results are announced, I bet you that we start to see some partnerships form uh, in terms of president, vice president. I would not be surprised uh, at all if Elizabeth Warren join Team Sanders as the vice presidential uh, candidate for uh, the White House. We'll see. In in keeping in line with uh, all of this coverage that we've been bringing to you here on KSL News Radio, I want to take just a moment uh, and step aside from the the Democrat contest right now and remind you that there is a contest on the Republican side. Now, it's not much of a contest. It is very likely a foregone conclusion that the Republican Party will nominate Donald Trump uh, to to seek the presidency once again uh, to get reelected. I don't, uh, to my uh, layman's memory, have a good remem- a good uh, memory of any uh, instance where an incumbent did not uh, enjoy uh, the renomination by their own party. Now I- I'm sure there are exceptions to that, and if I could, uh, let me recruit you to help me. Five seven five. Zero zero is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, if you could help me out with that little bit of history, I'd be grateful. Again, five seven five zero zero, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Those folks who would like to seek the Republican nomination are an interesting breed. We have heard from many of them, uh, and the overwhelming majority of them have faded away. I was lucky last week uh, able to have a conversation with one such candidate, uh, Bill Weld, former governor of the state of Massachusetts. You might remember his name. He, during the 2016 election, he ran uh, as a libertarian alongside Gary Johnson, former New Mexico governor. Uh, In fact, their uh, quote-unquote headquarters was here in Utah. Interesting guy, uh, fascinating guy. I had a, a, a good conversation with him. I want to share with you some of the conversation I had. And the reason I'm revisiting it is because I was impressed by Weld. I, not to the point where I think that there should be this overwhelming turning of the tide amongst the Republicans across the country that we should abandon President Trump and stand in line behind uh, Bill Weld. Uh, but because I believe uh, I have a better understanding of why he is in this race. He is an experienced man. Uh, he has led the state of Massachusetts as governor. He served under Ronald Reagan as a U.S. attorney. He has done much and he has learned much. 
and this is an opportunity for him to share uh, some of what he has learned uh, and to use the platform as presidential candidate to do so. So let me walk you through some of the conversation I had with Mr. Weld. I want you to pay attention to the type of man he is, uh, the way he speaks, the way he presents himself, uh, and I hold this up as uh, as an example of, you know, if you are going to go against an incumbent, uh, this uh, might be the way to do it. And then uh, we're going to change course, and I'm going to share with you uh, an example of exactly how not to do it. That example being set by Joe Walsh. So here I asked uh, Mr. Weld just last week, uh, why are you running for president? I want to make sure that everyone knows there's an alternative to the president because, uh, you know, I think his uh, his behavior is getting increasingly antic. And it just we can't have it that nobody ever says anything other than what a beautiful new set of clothes that emperor has on. I asked if he was asking people to vote for Bill Weld uh, or against Donald Trump. I'm asking him to vote for Bill Weld. I mean, I'm the only economic conservative in the Republican Party now. Certainly the only one running for president. But after, you know, the regular trillion dollar deficits in Washington, I'm not sure who any other uh, economic uh, conservative in, in the Republican Party would be other than George Will. And he doesn't hold elective office. But, you know, when I was in governor, I was ranked the most fiscally uh, conservative governor in the United States. Here, the candidate takes the opportunity to speak about his unique views, at least within the Republican Party, on environmental protection. Uh, Frankly, uh, the Republican Party always used to be identified with environmental protection and worrying about things like clean air and clean water. And that has taken a direct 180 under this president. You know, he gets a lot of credit for deregulation. Half of the stuff that's been deregulated has been clean air and clean water. There have been, uh, throughout the course of electoral history, many conversations about spoiler candidates who get in and disrupt and their mere presence uh, changes and uh, takes away from the electorate its ability to speak its will uh, and put into office the person that they would uh, most like. And so we talked uh, very briefly about this notion, and Mr. Weld made his attitude known to me. No, I'm going directly against Mr. Trump, and every vote that I get is going to definitely come out of his hide. So there'll be no spoiler and uh, mucking up the works uh, uh, questions this time. So there you go. Uh, That, Bill Weld. Again, former governor of Massachusetts, uh, Harvard and Oxford educated. Uh, yeah, it turns out there are, it turns out there are more than one, uh, Harvard and Oxford educated former governors of Massachusetts. It's not just our own Mitt Romney, uh, also Bill Weld. So there's that. Now I want to share with you. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where to start, but I, it really starts with a headline uh, published in the Washington Post came to my attention last night. Uh, the Washington Post decided to lend some of its space to Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh is a talk radio guy, uh, and so I should like him, right? I, we should stick together. Well, uh, he also ran for Congress, uh, was successful, served a single term in Congress before being replaced by Tammy Duckworth, who's a fascinating person. If you ever uh, are, are looking for a congressional uh, a member of Congress to investigate and learn about, uh, Tammy Duckworth is an interesting case. Regardless of politics, uh, she's lived an interesting life and continues to do so now in the Senate. Anyway, Washington Post gave some uh, space to Joe Walsh to contribute as a, uh, I don't know, a guest editorialist or something. And he uh, just doubles down on his whole idea of being a never-Trumper. Think back. I asked Mr. Weld if he saw himself as, uh, or if he rather was asking people to vote 
for Bill Weld or against Donald Trump. And I think the only acceptable answer is, well, of course, to vote for me, the candidate I'm presenting myself. Well, uh, Joe Walsh has a, a different attitude. And as he begins his uh, commentary piece in The Washington Post, he says, this isn't complicated. Never Trump. Never Trump. Or if you prefer, hashtag never Trump has always been a straightforward concept. The word never is right there in the name. And then he goes on to make a case why he would find himself a former Tea Party Republican. He got into you remember remember like a 2010 ish. Well, he got or 2008 rather. He got into office uh, on the Tea Party wave, and somehow he has evolved his attitude and understanding to come around to where he uh, sees the potential for supporting Bernie Sanders in an effort to make good on his promise of being a never Trumper. Here's how I uh, interpret this. And I should point out too that, uh, Joe Walsh suspended his campaign a few weeks ago. So it may be unfair to be giving him such a hard time. But, uh, the, the reason I'm doing it is because I get very tired of people who try to exploit these political processes, uh, these uh, American elections for their own benefit. And I believe that Joe Walsh uh, has been doing just that. Now, while he has suspended his campaign, he remains uh, in the midst of all of this uh, spewing out uh, his views, which have done nothing uh, but to stir up controversy and more than that, uh, get our attention focused on him. You may ask yourself, well, okay, uh, Lee, if that's what you think, why have you spent all this time talking about him? Well, it's so that you and I can together uh, be able to better spot these types when they rear their heads, that there are oftentimes distractions. Joe Walsh is a distraction, and he knows that he has the opportunity to capitalize on his distraction. He, uh, fascinatingly enough, just recently released a book. Oh, what are the odds of that? And that's mentioned right there in the beginning of his Washington Post article. And if that wasn't enough, if he hadn't been uh, loud enough to get your attention, uh, he used... Uh, here's what he titled his book. I, I actually, I can't read the title of his book uh, because it's a word that uh, I personally am not a big fan of using uh, and I am absolutely prohibited from using here on uh, the airwaves. Uh, and it is uh, the F word. He says it, he uses it as the name of his book uh, and it goes on with a subheadline or a subtitle of Calling Trump Out for the Cultish, Moronic, Authoritarian Con Man He Is. I don't believe that his intentions are genuine. I think he is a self-promoter, and it is unfortunate that he inserted himself in the political process. I think the good example, if you are going to go against an incumbent president, if you are going to challenge him from within his own party, you do so uh, the way Mr. Bill Weld has done. Uh, look away from Joe Walsh if he tries to get your attention and distract you from what's really going on. Next up, we're going to be speaking with Speaker Brad Wilson. Uh, the teachers union has made it known they're going to be walking out of the classroom tomorrow in an effort to get the attention of the legislature to pour more resources into the classroom. The other side of that coming from Speaker Wilson is, hey, maybe you should stay in the classroom and teach the students. That's how you best serve them. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of that debate as we speak to Speaker Brad Wilson next. Later on in the program, UEA President Heidi Matthews. All of that ahead here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.